you know, super, super important song to remember. Uh, but, you know, why is this important? Why, why should we fight for healthy marriages? Uh, it was about a year ago that something began to happen inside of me. And I was trying to come up with the best word, but it was just like this kind of inner anger. Uh, I was maybe sick and tired would be a good phrase. Maybe I was just was, I really became like peeved. I was just fighting mad. And why was I fighting mad? I was fighting mad as I looked around at some people that I knew very well and loved, and they were struggling, and they were hurting, and they were devastated because of just atomic bombs that had taken off and had blown up inside of marriages. And, and when those bombs go off, it's not just a, a one-time thing. It's, it's building up, and, and people are affected. Kids are affected. The future is affected. And, and I started just getting sick and tired of seeing it over and over and over, and then begin to think, is everyone like this? Is everyone's marriage like this? Are all Christians and their marriages look like this? Because it kind of seems like the, the divorce rate for the world and for Christians is the same. And it started to, to break my heart, and I was, I was fighting mad, and I didn't even know who to fight. I didn't know, you can't fight the devil, he's not there. I guess you can fight, We've talked, we're talking about that. But that's really what launched this whole thing for us. We started, this, we started this vision of we want to reimagine life with Jesus, and we want to reimagine what marriage looks like. We want to give the world something to look at when we, when we, when we look at marriage to see this is something that God has in mind when it, when it comes to marriage. Because the world and, and people, they have different images when it comes to, to marriage. And maybe some images like this come to mind. You know, the boxing ring would, would come into play because... Kind of that's what marriage looks like to, to some people. Or, or maybe this image is what jumped, one jumped in my mind. The next one is there's just always this elephant that's in the room, okay? This unspoken thing that's there that no one talks about between people and it's there, okay? Or maybe, maybe this one. There's this wall and maybe even people living in, like this last picture, just two just separate directions and separate lives. And this is some, kind of the images that we have and we can think of when we think of maybe... Maybe our own marriage, or maybe the marriages of people that we know. And, and, and here's what I've, I've come to the conclusion. People duplicate what they see. They, they replicate what they see. Uh, my friend Nick is starting to play golf, yes, and uh, we went out to the driving range uh, the other day, and you know he is starting to learn to play golf for the first time. And so I am trying to teach him how to play. And so he's, fortunately, he's left-handed, I'm right-handed. And we are, I mean, I'm trying to get him to mirror my swing. And then you begin to think, well, is my swing worth replicating, okay? That, that's the big question that comes to mind. And I have one point today. It's just one point, and we'll talk about kind of sub-things. But here's the big one here. How can we fight for marriage? How can we as a church fight for marriage? How can we as, as a group of, of, of people fight for marriage? Give others a marriage worth imitating. Give people a picture of a marriage that is worth copying and, and imitating. Now, immediately I know what you're saying. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, do not... I don't want that, okay? Don't do what I say, not what I, I do. That's too much pressure. That's, you know, whatever thing that just jumped into your mind of like reject, reject, reject. Here's the reality. People are copying you all the time. 
Your kids are copying. You are creating, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you are creating normal for them. They are going to decide and, and, and things are going to be integrated within who they are of what a marriage should look like based on what they are seeing from the people around them. And they see you the most if you're the parents. And so when they start to think, well, this is what a mommy looks like. This is what a daddy looks like. This is how a, a daddy talks to mommy. This is how a mommy treats daddy. And those things are going to become ingrained. And you are creating the new normal of what marriage looks like. But it's not just, it's not just parents. It's everybody. So I guess, and here's the, I hope this is a message today, not just for married couples, but for people who eventually want to get married and maybe who are thinking about marriage in the, in the soon future. Who are the people that you've taken the qualities that you've pictured in your mind of what a healthy marriage should look like? Who are the people have you been copying, and what are the, 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 the different acts and the qualities in which you've taken from there? Now, Paul gives us this example. He says this in 1 Corinthians 11, 1. It says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So he just throws it out there. And that's really the call for all of us as Christ followers. We should say to other Christ followers, follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Now, before we jump into this, okay, I have a huge disclaimer, okay? This is the disclaimer for the day. I am not great at this, okay? And none of us would say we're perfect at marriage. Would we agree on that? If you would shake your heads with me, okay? No one, even the people that I know that are experts in the field are not perfect at marriage. In fact, sometimes I think I'm awful at it. I was terrible at being a good husband uh, the first couple of years. I did really, really dumb. Maybe some of the things that we just heard, I, they just came out of my mouth at some point, and you just go, what was I thinking back then? Or I can't believe that I did that or said that. And there are just qualities about me that are just horrible. I have this uh, habit of chewing a cereal that is ridiculously loud, I thought that I was just normal, but apparently I am not. Uh, it like amplifies throughout the entire house, and I think that I keep my mouth together, but I don't know if I do. And uh, it just makes this noise, and it's apparently a very grinding noise. I'm terrible at landscaping. I am awful at fixing things. We've got all kinds of things in our house that uh, need to be fixed, and I've got amazing stories of how I've blown it. One of them, I don't know if Lyman's here today, but Lyman tells this great one about me all the time. Uh, one time I went on a trip with Lyman to check out a church in Austin, and uh, I told Melanie we were going to go, and we were going to uh, go and check out this new start church, which we did. I did not mention that we'd be playing golf at the University of Texas Golf uh, Club for free, and uh, I thought the free part would be appealing to her, but that would put me back further than I anticipated being home uh, that day. It was going to be actually really late being home that day. And I remember the phone call. This is the part that Lyman will tell you. If you, He's not here today. You can ask him about it. Essentially, I called home, and I was letting Melanie know that I, what had happened that day. And all I know is Melanie gave the phone to our three-year-old at the time, I think, Noah. And, and Noah said, Mom doesn't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> and that's the part Lyman remembers. Uh, I don't know if you've had, I'm sure we all have those stories in our repertoire. None of us are perfect at this. I'm not perfect. But what I've decided is this, is I'm going to do everything that I can. I want more than anything to have a marriage that's worth imitating. And that's the call for us as a church. If we want to fight for what a healthy marriage looks like in this world, then we have to step up and fight for our marriages. 
And so have a marriage that's worth imitating. There's the big point, that's it, but I'm gonna throw out a couple other things for us today. Ephesians 5, uh, you can flip to it in your Bibles. Uh, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and then we're gonna jump down to verse 21 and 32. I'll read the whole thing, and then we'll, then we'll pull out a couple of things from it. Here's chapter 5, 1 and 2, and then we'll go to 21. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. 21, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husband is the head of the, of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body, of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are, his member, are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Now, it's interesting. I've started to notice that weddings have become like amazing productions now. Have you seen those? They're just, there's themed weddings now. You probably have seen, here are some, maybe some funnier versions of a themed uh, wedding. Yep. Really like Shrek. Uh, and then, our we wanted to have a pirate wedding. Uh, and then so I guess a couple might have met in McDonald's. Uh, I don't know the full story here, but thought this was interesting. Uh, maybe met over Big Macs and Egg McMuffins, who knows? Uh, and then we've got the Redneck Wedding. Uh, I know this is a Redneck Wedding because it was labeled Redneck Wedding uh, on Google there. And uh, then, of course, yes, of course, the Star Wars Wedding. Now, a lot of things have changed and wedding since I got married. Uh, you know, and we look back, Melanie and I, on our uh, wedding day, and I, I don't wish that I would have dressed up like Chewbacca or Han Solo, uh, but, uh, but there are some things that we go, man, I wish that we would have, you know, taken, they have cool pictures now, different pictures of weddings and angles and things. Maybe we could have done that, or maybe we served different food, or things like that, uh, you know, we kind of have some wedding day. You, you're going to have that. I wish that we have done this. There's cool, cool, cool things now. But there's some things that I absolutely don't regret. Now, if you went to our wedding back in 2002 in Midland Valley, South Carolina, it was extremely hot in July. But you went into that sanctuary knowing this. This wasn't just about two individuals. In fact, there wasn't a lot of, quite honestly, us in the, the, the ceremony, we sang, we worshiped, we took communion. I know that's shocking for some of you. We, we prayed. In fact, my favorite picture is not the best picture of that day. My favorite picture of our wedding day is this one. This is the moment that, not in the ceremony, this is the moment we had decided to take pictures before the service in the ceremony where we tried to sneak into uh, the, 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 the 
chapel, the sanctuary, thank you to myself. We tried to, to, to sneak into the sanctuary and we prayed together. And then the photographer happened to, to catch the picture. And, and this wasn't the first time we prayed together. We actually prayed together that morning and, and in service together. And that was the centerpiece of the day for us. It, it was God. And I know that may seem old-fashioned to you, and you can have any, any kind of wedding that you want. Quite honestly, you, I mean, you can have a Shrek wedding, a McDonald's wedding, a pirate wedding. That's absolutely okay. But, but my hope and prayer, and I think what God designed for marriage is that he would be the centerpiece, that he would be included in our, not only our wedding day, but in our, our, our marriages and in, in, in who we are. Because, and this is the line I want you to remember, marriage is not a contract. It's a holy covenant between a man and a, and a woman. And so when you, if you're dressed up like a pirate, I hope that there is a moment in that ceremony when there is a person representing God, if you haven't been married yet, and there is a moment where you take vows and you look into the, into the maybe the, if you can visualize just the eyes of, of the Lord and you're in the presence of God and you say things like, for better or for worse for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. Let no one separate what God has put together, that God is at the center of our marriages. And that's a great start. If you want a a, a marriage that's worth imitating, that God needs to be the centerpiece of what that marriage looks like. Now, can we be honest? When we talk about being a covenant That's not really what connects with the world's idea of of marriage. In fact, it's more like a contract. When you don't like what's going on in the contract, you break the contract. Uh, In fact, we almost promote that. And remember the Super Bowl last week? Did anyone have a favorite commercial from the Super Bowl? The Doritos one, that you're talking about the sonogram one, that was the, the baby, that was very funny. There wasn't, I didn't think there was any home run ones, but there was one that jumped out at me. And I was always already thinking about this week. But there was this commercial, I'm not going to play it for you, but there was a commercial with our good friend, Ryan Reynolds, okay? And he is a very handsome man, without a doubt, okay? And I am probably jealous of his 12-pack, but he probably can't hit a golf ball as far as I can. So there's that. That's all my insecurities wrapped in one moment. Um, but this whole commercial, basically, if you, if you didn't see it, it's, it's Ryan Reynolds on like various people in the commercial. Okay, do you remember he was like the cop, he was the, the guy crossing the street, and the whole commercial is about these two ladies oogling over Ryan Reynolds, okay? Now, first of all, this just is a switch from the normal, because it usually would be what? A girl that would be in this commercial, and the guys would be oogling over the girl. But here's the thing, Ryan Reynolds is married, and he just had a baby, And here's a commercial about, I mean, let's just say it. I mean, two women basically lusting after Ryan Reynolds. And that's okay, because that's the way the world operates. It's open. It's it's just a, hey, if you get a better offer, take it. If you get a better offer in your, your cell phone, what do you do? You break your contract, and you take it with another company, because you got a better deal. But that's not the way a holy covenant works. In fact, Back in the day, just picture this, when they're talking about a covenant with God, they would take, most of the time, a bull, 
and they would cut a bull in half, and the, the different parts of the bull would be laid out. Say, for example, down an aisle like this, and the two people, when they were making the covenant together, they would walk between the animal, the, the split animal. And essentially what they were saying is this, may the same thing happen to me if I don't honor this covenant. The same thing that happened to the animal. In some ceremonies, I, I've even read about that, that in the Old Testament, they would, the, the bride and the groom would come together and they would cut, almost remember, uh, what do you call that when you're friends? You would do the thing? Thank you. And uh, would cut just a piece of the hand on each and they would, the, the priest would join hands together and they would wrap the hands and they would tie a knots because they were joined together and let no man separate what God has put together and made into one. So if we want to have a, 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 a marriage, a healthy marriage that's worth imitating, at the very beginning, we've got to establish that God is the centerpiece. And there's an amazing book by Francis Chan. We talked about a lot about it last uh, year. Um, and I just want you to remind you of, of one point that we made and, and he makes. And I don't know if you can see. I'll move this out of the way. That was close. But he says this. He's talking about you know, priorities in our lives and how we all, and I don't know if you can see this over there, but it's going to be very simple drawing. So I'll, I'll just describe it to you. The, priorities in our life and that how we all kind of have a list and you always go like one, two, three, where's the priorities, you know, God, family, job, and all these things. And what he says that, you know, we make these lists, but this is what the list should look like, okay? Number one on the priority list, God. And I just want to take one second to say this. If you are not married yet, especially in these first couple of rows here, if God is not the number one priority for the person that you're checking out as a potential suitor, then they should be off of your list because that dictates the path of your life. It is the second most important choice that you'll make is who you marry. That's for life, okay? And so the first one would be choosing God, and the second one would be who you married. So this means everything, okay? Those 12-pack abs, you'll forget about those in a couple months down, well, maybe a couple years. I don't know, but, all right. Number two. Now, here's the thing that really stuck out to me in this list, was he didn't just go down and just go two through four. He did this. And there's this huge gap between number one and number two, because God should be so far number one that the others don't even compare, okay? Now, here's what I want to think the question for today is this. Who's your number two? Which sounds disgusting, but who is your number? Who is number two in your life? Okay. Now, someone would say, you know, maybe, you know, you can think in your mind where you would put here, but I think there's a clear thing, place that 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 needs to be number two, and that's your marriage. Now, some people, let's say my kids are number two. And they put kids in front of their spouse, clearly, by the way that they live and act and spend and, and do everything else. Their kids are second in their list. Number, for some people, it's their, their job, it's their career, their career path. It's making money, it's whatever it is. But I think God has called us to put our spouse, our, our, our marriage, as number two. There was a ceremony that I did a couple of years ago in Florida 
I, I had never seen this before. It was uh, a young man, a young lady. Uh, the young lady, her family was from Mexico, and they have a ceremony called the lasso, and I'm probably, the lasso ceremony. And I thought when I heard this, I was going to have to like, watch out, you know, pull out my Texas skills and like lasso, and that's not it. But it's similar. Uh, it's basically this. There is this rope or fancy rope like this one uh, where you put... The, the, the bride and the groom are, are placed together in this lasso, okay? And at the center of that is, is the cross, okay? Now, in, in this moment, they don't call together uh, mom and dad to come and get like within the, the lasso, okay? Why? Because the Bible says, leave home. Leave mom and dad, okay? They aren't second on that list. They don't pull the kids up and put them in the, the lasso in there. Why? Because... Number two is marriage. Now, why are you, how is your, the reality of that priority list for you? When you play that out in your life, like in, with, with the time that you're spending and how you're living your life, is, is your spouse number two? Ann Landers, the, the, the famous columnist, said this, and this is an interesting quote, neglect the whole world before you neglect each other. The person that you have been bound together by God oftentimes is the people that we neglect first. If you want a, a marriage worth imitating, reprioritize your marriage. Now, here's this section in, in Ephesians. We read it. It says this, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, what does it say? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives... This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the house, the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. Okay, now pause there. Now what does this mean? Now we often, this is one of those verses that I think can sometimes get taken out of context because I think what some people take this verse is to mean, and, and this is just the visual that I have. My, my grandfather didn't have this, but it was basically like this. He sat in a chair 95% of the memories that I have of him are in a chair, and he didn't have a bell, but he had a bell, and it was, get me this, uh, take my shoes off, take my socks off, fetch me this, that is not what God had in mind when he says submit. In fact, he says what? Submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. I heard the story about a good old boy that called up in uh, Georgia and was like, hey, he just called up the church, just random church. Hey, preacher, tell me what verse it is that my wife needs to submit to me. What verse is that? And that's basically everybody in the Southeast talks that way. Um, and the pastor said this, are you talking about the one that uh, the husband uh, is called to, is called to serve his wife like Christ served the church and submit to her? And to give his life for her? No, 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 not that one. Uh, the other one. But they're the same. They're the same verses. They're the same ones. Because that's the, you know, people always want to go off on a tangent there. But what's the next verse? Serve your wife as Christ served the church. What did he do? He gave his life for us. You know, I, I, as I talked to some ladies they want to follow someone that's willing to give their life for them. In fact, most of the wives I've ever talked to, I don't think I've ever talked to a wife that said this, I don't want a spiritual leader in my house. In fact, 
I am dying. I desperately want a spiritual leader to step up in our house. That's what this is talking about. Being the spiritual leader, guys, of our our homes. And to, to serve one another. And how does this play out? When I think about this, I think about a, a brownie. Uh, my wife made amazing brownies the other day. Uh, and uh, we do this with ice cream as well. They were, uh, ugh, um, just, they just disappeared. They were just flying off the pan. They were amazing brownies. And then it came down to the last couple of brownies, and they were out on the stove, okay? And something was happening. We were both kind of working that day, and this was... Not, we didn't talk about this, but suddenly the, the brownie started to get halved, okay? And then it got halved again. So I would come by and I would take a piece, but not eat the whole thing and, and leave the rest for her. But then she took a piece and she left the rest for me. And then I would take a piece and leave the rest for her. And we were basically, you're serving each other. You're serving each other and saying, And here's the thing. I think what it comes down to this. You can either choose to be selfish or you can choose to be selfless. And serving is being selfless. It's giving your life for the one that you love. And that's what Christ did for us. So if you want a marriage worth imitating, you're going to choose to be selfless in so many different areas. And how do we do that? We, We build each other up, not tear each other down. Now, there's a, the famous book, and I think it's, man, it's an oldie but a goodie. If you've never read it, and, and if you've, you're not married yet, I think it's a great one. And if you are married, it's this book by uh, Chapman, Gary Chapman. It's the Five Love Languages. A lot of you have heard of it. If you haven't, pick it up. I heard somebody reference it a, a, a couple of weeks ago. But it talks about how we can build each other up and how we can serve each other and, and, and fill each other up. And they talk about how everyone has a love language. Here are the different ones. And if you don't know your spouse's love language, man... You have been, for years now, probably speaking French, and she's speaking Spanish, and you're trying to figure out, why are we not connecting? Why are we not communicating? But you need to build each other up. Now, I'm trying to help you out a little bit today, uh, because it's Valentine's Day. There are some Post-it notes on different seats. One way that you can do that, especially if um, if it's words of affirmation, is to write a note to someone. It doesn't even have to be someone that you're married to. If you want to build someone up, Words of affirmation do that. And a great way you can do this, KSBJ is doing it this month, leave a post-it note for someone that just says, hey, you are amazing because, or I love you because. My wife added this really cool thing to the door as we leave. It's just a little sign that just says, I love you because. And there's a chalk, there's a, a, a piece of chalk there that we can add to it. And we just write, can write little notes to each other. I noticed this. And I love you because you did this. I love you just because of who you are or your character or you have an amazing haircut this month. Um, whatever. But build each other up. And you have to be intentional about this. This doesn't just happen. To have a healthy marriage, it doesn't just plop from the skies. You have to be intentional. I know today, I'm just going to give you my, my secret out for today. Today's Valentine's Day. I know one of my wife's love languages. It's not expensive gifts. If I would show up today with an expensive something, she would immediately go, I hope that you kept the receipt, okay? Now, for others, a, a, an expensive gift or something that's a very thoughtful gift that's been kind of thought over and poured over, that's super important. And I, that's, that's your love language. Great. But for Melanie, I know it's quality time. 
And so today, we have a babysitter. We're going to go to the park. It's a great day. We're going to probably kick a soccer ball around. You know, we're going to get a really, really expensive lunch. Payway to go. And uh, we're going to eat lunch, and we're going to picnic, and we're going to spend time together because I know that that's her love language. That's more important than any expensive whatever that I could get because that's, that's what fills her heart and love tanks. I want to build her up. Now, something that we said, I noticed this, uh, and this is something I think can help us, and we're trying to, to build healthy marriages. And these are kind of random, guys. I'm going to be honest. These are kind of words of wisdom and, and things that I'm learning, not that I have it all together, but as I look at God's Word and I look at others that I want to imitate, it's so important that we connect regularly and intentionally to one another. Something that we said to each other, and it was just a phrase, it was a couple of weeks ago, I feel like that we are like two ships passing in the night. Have you ever felt that way before? I feel like that we're just two ships. And I, I looked up that, because you need poetry on, on Valentine's Day. Here's a poem for us, or a short one, or a stanza. Ships that pass in the night by, anyone, teachers? Longfellow, yes, very good. Is it on the screen? Man, <laughs> you guys are so well-versed in 18th century poetry. Ships that pass in the night and speak each other in passing, only a signal shown in a distant voice in the darkness. So on the ocean of life, we pass and speak one another, only a look and a voice, then darkness again and silence. Don't don don You know... I don't know if you know this, but we're very busy people. We all are, okay? Everybody's busy, and we actually pride ourselves on being busy. I'm a a pastor, and that means that I'm always on call, and sometimes I do get calls at weird times of of the night. Sometimes I have extremely busy weeks. Sometimes they're a little lighter, but most of the time they're pretty busy, and sometimes things come out of nowhere that I, you know, from who knows what could happen with with a phone call. My wife is a school teacher. And what I found as being married to a school teacher that, quite honestly, I think teachers are the missionaries of today. I think teachers invest and spend time with, with families and kids and are pouring into lives and could put hours and out, countless hours into teaching school. And in both of our positions, we honestly, we don't have 40-hour jobs. We have infinity-hour jobs. We could put an entire weekend and never stop. Tired the whole week. And I bet you have similar jobs as well, especially if you want to be really good at your job. But if we live that way and we don't connect, then we are be like ships in the night. And there is this need for intentional connection time that we need to spend time and, and, and talk with one another every day. Now, here is this could be just like a game changer for your relationship. Here it is. I'm going to give you a couple of questions. I know this is going to blow your mind. If you ask this question every day, guys and girls, how are you doing? I know. You need to, if you want to write that down, you can. How are you doing? Now, here's what's going to happen immediately after that, okay? Listening, guys? She most likely is going to say, good. You're definitely going to say, okay, or good, okay? Now, here's the key. How are you really doing? How are you really doing today? Or maybe even following up with, you know, what, what's going on with you? How, how, what are you thinking today? How, how have things really been going? And you prepare yourself to listen. Now, in that moment, guys, we can 
probably sum up really all of our feelings in like, I don't know, 30 seconds or less, okay? And that would be the depth of our world. But, um, but that moment is so important. If you want to connect to the person that you love the most, how are you really doing? You need date nights regularly. We as a church believe in this so much that we are paying for babysitters to be here. And I, you know what? It kind of makes me a little sick in my stomach. The more people don't take advantage of it because we have babysitters. We have a game plan for you because what we found when we started this a year ago is that a lot of people forgot how to date. They forgot how to date. They forgot how to have fun together. In fact, we gave you a little extra something today. There's a piece of paper. You probably already found it. It looks like this. And it's just learning how to have fun again. And this is so important. Man, I hope that my kids, when they say, man, when I think about the marriage that I want to have, my parents had fun. They laughed together. They, 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 they kissed in front of us. They loved each other. They said it even. They even said it to each other and to us. And they just looked like people that had a good time in life. And I think that a lot of marriages, man, I just, I see some couples and it just breaks my heart. It doesn't, doesn't look like they're having much fun. And so here's just a, a, a reminder, but have date nights, have, have regular, maybe a trip without your kids, a trip without your kids, okay? And, and something that's a mandatory thing, I think, is to have a babysitter on call, someone that is able to watch your kids. If you've got family in town, fantastic. You need to use those relationships. If you don't, find, we need to, to, to help you find a babysitter here in church. So here's some, some, some things we've talked about, connecting to each other, building each other up. There's a lot of things that more we could talk about, but, but I want us to stop there with one thought. It's this. There's, we're, we're talking about fighting, and what a trainer has in the ring is a towel. And maybe if you've seen any boxing ring, guys, you already are ahead of me on this, but there's something that you can do in, in, a, in a fight. You have a towel. The person that's in your corner, what do they do? They, if they want to quit, you throw in the towel. And if we're honest today, if we're taking the mask off, there are some people that maybe they haven't gotten officially, done officially, thrown in the towel in their marriage, but they have emotionally. The call of God today is to pick up the towel. Stop carrying it around with you. Hey, if you don't, I'm going to. To never, never, never give up. Don't give up on your marriage, but fight for your marriage. Fight for a, a healthy marriage, not just a surviving marriage, a healthy marriage. Here's one more practical tip that you can, can do that. We talked about the weapons that we have. We fight. Remember that picture from our wedding? That's maybe the most, I want that to have that, to be the picture in my mind. The way that I fight and, and fight for my marriage is as I pray for my marriage. We pray together that I pray for my wife every day because something happens when we pray together. It transforms. It helps us to forgive. It brings our hearts in alignment together. And our mission as one, as we are trying to be what? God number one in our lives. So, my, my hope for you today is that you're willing to pick up the towel and you don't give up. There's a, 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 a song that we, uh, Casting Crowns, made famous. We sang it, actually, I think about this time last year. And I think it just is a, is a good way to end our, our talk together. It's, it's called Broken Together. Check out this video.
Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and uh, you are married, uh, maybe this is an opportunity for you to, to pray uh, for some things that jumped into your heart and your mind. Maybe you're someone that is going through a, a difficult time right now and you are holding on to the towel and you need, you need some help in that moment of your life. Or maybe you're someone that's thinking about the future and what a future spouse will look like and how God wants to lead you there. Let's pray together. God, you're so good to us, Lord. I thank you for every single person in this room, Lord. I thank you for your love for us. As we come to this love day, there is no greater love than the one that you have demonstrated for us. You did that on the cross. You did that by creating us, by loving us, by setting us free, for allowing your grace to just intervene in our hearts and our lives, Lord, providing forgiveness and mercy that we, we take for granted, quite honestly. Lord, I don't even know, and I think, God, your word tells us that we don't even understand the, the scope of your love, and I pray that we would just get a glimpse of that today, that your, yours is a love that doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Yours is a love that is sacrificing, and you demonstrated that firsthand, that is, that is selfless. God, I, I pray that same kind of love for our marriages, Lord. God, I pray that we would step up and answer the bell, take the call, Lord, of, of being the kind of, of, of couples and marriages that, that others can replicate, that others can imitate, Lord, and, and say, that is who I want to be like. And not because we're perfect, God, because none of us are perfect, Jesus. We know that, Lord, but, but we do want to be broken together, Lord. God, we want you to be the center of our homes our relationships, God. Lord, I pray that you would heal hearts today, God, that are broken. Lord, I pray that you would break down the walls that are, are, are up between people and couples today, Lord. God, I pray that you would, Lord, get rid of the elephant in the room. God, I pray that you would help bring healing and forgiveness. God, bring hope to the person that feels hopeless today. God, guide us. Lord, help us to build each other up. Lord, help us to remember to, to put others first, especially our spouse. God, I pray for folks in the room, Lord, that, that they have this decision coming up in the next few years. And they're going to be making this choice. God, I pray that you would guide that decision, that they would be so in tune to your voice, God. Lord, that if you said yes, that you would, they would continue to go that direction. If you said no, they would follow your will because you know what's best for us, Lord. God, I, I pray that you would give vision for the future, not just for the moment, Lord. And I pray that for our students and young adults and, and people of all ages that are, are seeking the one, or better yet, they're seeking the two. God, we love you. And today, I want to celebrate the stories of reconciliation around this room. God, I thank you for the testimonies, the stories of people that were apart but have been brought together by your grace, and we recognize it's only because of you. 
God, we thank you for the stories that we haven't yet heard and the work that you are going to do and you're doing right as we speak. We give you all the praise and all the glory because you are a good, good father and a guide. Lord, we love you and we lift all these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. Here's the challenge. I don't know what you've heard today. I don't know what the Spirit has, has said to you in your heart. But if you are a married couple today, go home today. Spend time together and say, what's the one thing that we want to do? I, I know there was a lot of things that I mentioned, and it was just sometimes a jumbled mess. But what was the one thing that God poked you about today? What's the one thing you're going to do about it next? If you would, stand with us. We recognize fully that the only way that we can, we can fight for healthy marriages and have healthy marriages is if God is in the center of it all. And we want to give him all the praise and the glory and recognize him today.